to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the aforementioned Superbook Sports. You can download the app, whether you use an iPhone or an Android. It is a clean, easy-to-use app with all of the lines that you need for the NFL regular season. Check those out and so much more. Odds boosts and all the things that you would need to bring Vegas to the palm of your hand in the Superbook Sports app. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, is the Gary Ashton team. Get the Intel Edge at GaryAshton.com. Two Rivers Ford, the best car buying experience humanly possible. I say it's the best car buying experience in the entire world, but certainly in the mid-state. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, we've talked a lot about a variety of positions on this roster that are legit up for grabs. Never once did it occur to me that if you had asked me a month ago, the week before training camp started, about a month ago, would Brett Kern, the longest-tenured Titan, the guy who is probably the most famous and recognizable player at his position in the league, 15-year NFL vet. If you told me that that guy was somebody we'd be talking about in legitimate competition for his job, I would have called you a fool and a liar. And yet here we sit, two preseason games in, Ryan Stonehouse, the undrafted rookie, who has incredible ability but not necessarily the nuances that somebody like Brett Kern brings to that position. And in 31 other NFL cities, this is just kind of like, okay, we'll go find the next guy. This is different. The Ravens had a similar situation. Sam Cook, Justin Tucker, and formerly Morgan Cox before he joined the Tennessee Titans. Those guys were forever were together for an eternity. They won a Super Bowl together. It's one of the best and most effective and efficient special teams units in football in, I mean, probably the last decade of the sport. So when you look at Brett Kern and what he offers and how he's played in these preseason games, you would say to yourself, well, surely he's not actually in danger of getting cut by the Titans. And yet I present to you some news from Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network. I'm going to tell you what this news is here in just a second. But first, I want to ask you your Two Rivers Ford take. In the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, whichever platform you're hanging out with us tonight, I need to know from you who you think wins the Titans punter competition. Is it Brett Kern or is it Ryan Stonehouse? Let me know in the comment section and we'll talk about it together who you believe will end up being this team's punter in 2022. Now, I've seen a couple of different questions about could you keep both? I would think that would be fairly nonsensical. If you were to keep both, maybe you keep Stonehouse on the practice squad and protect him because you can protect up to four players on the practice squad each week. Now, we've already given one of those away, theoretically, to Logan Woodside. If you guys get your way and there's only two quarterbacks on this roster when the final 53 come down. But I want your two rivers for take. Who wins this punting job? Because it is a lot closer than I think anybody possibly could have thought. Uh, we will talk about the news that Mike Garofolo delivered earlier this afternoon and why it impacts this position battle specifically 
right after I remind you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That's Two Rivers Ford. They are the place that you want to go to enjoy the car buying experience. Car buying or just general purchases like that are not necessarily enjoyable because there's a lot of time that needs to be taken. There's a lot of research that needs to be done. You need to feel confident and comfortable with the purchase that you're making. Two Rivers Ford always goes above and beyond to make sure no matter how you like to shop, you're going to be comfortable doing so. And you're not going to feel any pressure throughout the course of the car buying process because their sales staff does not work on commission, which means they make a paycheck whether they sell you a car today, tomorrow, if they never sell you a car. They're not worried about where their next meal is coming from, so they're not going to harass you when you walk into the dealership like so many others do. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, who wins this punting job? Kern says Reynold on Facebook Live. He's the veteran and trust him in real game situations. Uh, if they cut Kern, don't they save $3 million? Kenneth Davidson says. Well, they... He, he restructured his contract. Let me look at Track quickly because obviously the money does matter and Kern is substantially more expensive uh, than Ryan Stonehouse is, Stonehouse is just by nature of um, his undrafted rookie free agent status. Now, Kern restructured his deal. He took a, well, no, he didn't restructure. He took a $1 million pay cut. So he just gave a million dollars back so he would not be at initial risk of cutting. They would save if they were to cut Brett. Uh well in fact, it doesn't look like they Okay, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the the dead cap hit. So they would save about 2 million dollars, about 2.2 million dollars if they cut Brett Kern. Now, 2.2 million dollars is not insignificant, um especially when you have considerable needs elsewhere on the roster. But you have to, you know, you have to decide and they have to decide whether the additional experience and ability, not necessarily physically at this point in his career, but the ability to, I mean, still cough and corner at any given moment, the ability to still average uh, between 45 and 49 yards a punt, the ability to continue to pin opponents inside their 20 and a lot of times inside their 10-yard line to give your defense the best chance to succeed. These are all things that Ryan Stonehouse does not have a proven track record of doing. At some point, they have to move on from Brett Kern. Like, he can't do this forever. But he's still doing it right now. How that, how his age, he's not that old. Like, Brett, I think is, Brett, I think is like 34. He's not, oh yeah, he's 36. And, you know, he's about, he's like 36 and a half at this point. He's been in the league for 14 years out of Toledo. Um for him, I don't know how physical deficiencies or just kind of general age would wear on a guy like that down the stretch, right? I don't know how much, because uh, Brett's never had like injuries that were a result of age. I think he had a fractured wrist at some point during the COVID season when they had to trot in that FedEx driver uh, who moonlighted as the the, the Tennessee punter. Um, for a couple of games, Kern has continued to perform up to this expectation, but here's why it matters in the larger scheme of things. I saw a tweet from Mike Garofolo today that made me, I, I won't say like out loud gasp, 
but it made me think about the possibility of something that would cause you real pain. And that news is that the Colts punter, Rigoberto Sanchez, tremendous name. Uh, So Rigoberto Sanchez sustained an Achilles injury at the end of practice today per the team. He'll undergo further testing tomorrow. Sanchez has been their punter the last five years. If the tests confirm it's a torn Achilles, the Colts punter, his season would be over. If you cut Brett Kern to save 2.2 and you keep Ryan Stonehouse and roll with a guy who's not a proven commodity and the Indianapolis Colts pick up Brett Kern, you are not going to feel good about that. You are not going to feel good about that at all. Maybe you love the uh, the fact that Ryan Stonehouse can, at any given moment, launch at 68 yards. That's a great thing. Brett Kern can't do that. But if you cut Brett Kern to save money and he ends up just down the road, or I guess just up the road, uh, if we're being geographically correct, <laughs> it would it would be something that I think would legitimately shake up this fan base in ways that are tangible. This guy's an institution. This dude has survived with you through all of the bad years that came before this current iteration of Tennessee Titans football. He's the longest tenured player by a considerable amount. Think about it this way. I would imagine most of you don't remember a time, well, let me not say most of you. I would I would venture a guess to say a good percentage of you don't remember a time where Brett Kern wasn't the Titans punter that whatever came before Brett Kern, because he's been around for so long. But the next closest Titan in terms of time spent with the franchise after Kern is Lawan. And I bet a lot of you guys don't feel like Lawan was that long ago. Uh, this would be uh, this would be huge. And th- again, I think this is the only city, the only NFL city in America where the punter talk would be this compelling. And maybe if you get an offer from a division rival like the Colts, and there's legit trade capital on the table for Kern, maybe you really think about it. But I would think that the idea, I don't think they're crazy about the idea of letting Stonehouse walk either because that guy's got, he can be a legitimate weapon should they get the, should he take the coaching in ways that are going to allow him to develop his skill set rather than just being a, 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 a leg version of a, lo- a rocket launcher, right? But with uh, with Brett Kern, I think that the value at this point is still there, if not just for your team, to keep him away from a team who you know you will play at least twice this year, and frankly, early on in the season. Uh, Danny Whitson says, Buck, Kern is the punter, let alone just the Titans punter, Meant on ability, not time. You know, I he's still really good. Like I, if I let me pull up my uh, let me pull out my handy dandy stat sheet that they give us after every game, so I can give you specifically the numbers of Brett Kern versus Ryan Stonehouse just in this last preseason game alone, um, because they did they have split it up between each half. Brett Kern starts the first half and holds the field goal kicks uh, for Randy Bullock, which, by the way, Stonehouse has done and has done outside of one practice without much, like, issue. I think that that is something you have to keep in mind, how it affects the field goal kicking situation. Uh, To look at Brett Kern, 
Let's see. Ryan Stonehouse had four punts in the second half, uh, a total of 188 yards. He averaged 47 yards per punt. He had two touchbacks, two inside the 20. Then there's Brett Kern, who punted twice for an average of 43 yards, a net though. So Stonehouse's net only 37. Brett Kern averaged 43, net 43, both punts inside the 20. His longest was 47. He's still going to be able to throw darts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I had a, uh, I had a, uh, an individual very close to the situation because I, this was the subject of many of my texts today, as a matter of fact. As soon as the Colts punter became available, a lot of people blew up my phone and been like, what's, what's this mean for Kern or, you know, what what happens in this situation? And uh, the way that it was put to me, I thought was really funny. Do you want Rory McIlroy off the tee, for those of you who watch golf, or Scotty Scheffler's short game? That's basically what you're arguing now with uh, Stonehouse and Kern at this point. Um, it is it's a pretty interesting decision. Uh, I think for I think for this. To keep him off the Colts roster would be invaluable. I think that plus his still continued sustained excellence at that position, I $2.2 million, I think it's worth keeping him around. Now we'll see what happens and who becomes available because last, you know, this stuff can change at any given moment, it would seem. And it really does seem like a coin flip between the two of them right now. I think this is one of the more difficult decisions that they're going to have to make this offseason or I guess this preseason as we are, what, three weeks away just about from hosting the New York Giants here in Nashville. But since we're talking about cut day coming up next, uh, cuts are going to be very keenly watched around the special teams room for the Tennessee Titans this year. And that was something that uh, that was something that Mike Vrabel talked a little bit about on Sunday after Saturday's preseason game. Stonehouse at, at getting the ball to check up on, on the two short ones. One of them bounced backwards. The other one trickled in. How much of a skill is that to get it to, to stop and sit up? And where is he on that? Well, I think it is a skill. Um, you know, we had three total touchbacks yesterday on the punt. That's not that's not good enough. Um, you know, we had the penalty, um, you know, first touching. So, you know, I think Stoney's it's something that, you know, he'll continue to always work on. And I think it is a skill, I mean, to go down there and make it hit and check. You see throughout the league, um, some of those footballs that land on the five yard line and, you know, take a violent bounce into the end zone or the other ones that, that sit there and die soft. So that's Mike Vrabel talking about Ryan Stonehouse and the directional punting required. And like the, you know, basically how do you get the guy with the 68 yard leg to also pinpoint it inside the 20, the 10, or the 5, right? That's the kind of stuff that takes, I mean, I imagine a great deal of precision and accuracy and just basically uh, time spent. But like I said, it's very few cities where you can do 18 minutes of punter talk and uh, have just as strong an audience as if you were debating quarterback conversation. But that's the situation for the Tennessee Titans this year. Let's talk about cut candidates to keep an eye on right now. I saw uh, that Kenyon Drake is one of the players who was the first to kind of be put out there in this cycle. The Las Vegas Raiders are moving in a different direction from the veteran running back. 
They initially shopped him for trade, couldn't get any action on the trade, so now they're just going to release him. So we're now getting closer to the portion of cuts where you start to see veterans who have played in the league, who have legitimate experience, um, become available because either you've gone in a different direction, the money's not right, any variety of situations uh, that can arise that lead to roster cuts. So which positions, wide receiver, offensive line, inside linebacker, which positions do you think the Titans should be keeping an eye on when other teams make their cuts? That's the question for you. While you answer that question, I will tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. That guy right there, Gary, that's the face that you see on all the billboards. That's the guy that's got the Intel edge. We just did 20 minutes almost of punter Intel. B, go to the place where the Intel only gets better. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. There's a reason that Gary's line is don't sell without the Intel because you want to make sure that you're maximizing your value in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. You can sell your home with the intel that the Gary Ashton team provides to you without any showings or staging. You can sell your home for more and get your next home, get your dream address without the stress, while the Nashville real estate market is still this hot. And you can cash in on your home equity now and win the buyer battle. All you got to do is go to GaryAshton.com. That's the place that you go for the intel edge. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust. That's Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go. Cut day, positions. Which ones are you kind of keeping an eye on and which ones do you think your football team should be? We've spent a lot of time talking about corners, wide receivers, how much better the tight end group looks. Inside linebacker depth is something that's clearly taken a hit, although I do think it's notable that on a day... Uh, today at 3 p.m. Central Time, where teams had to make a decision on guys on the PUP, the physically unable to perform list, you could either keep them on the active PUP, which takes up a roster spot, or you could move them to the reserve PUP, which clears up a roster spot on your active roster as you make cuts, but any player placed on the reserve PUP cannot play in at least the first four games of the regular season. So Monty Rice is somebody who I thought it was curious that they did not move him from active to reserve PUP, meaning that that inside linebacker depth may get a little better at some point before the second or, you know, at some point basically in the middle of October is uh, it looks like is kind of the time frame for them to get Monty Rice, the former third round pick, back out on the field. But what other positions are you exploring? Ben Hall says, is, is Cunningham, Zach Cunningham still still on the roster? Yes, he very much is. He's your starting inside linebacker on at least first and second downs. He can't cover, though. Uh, we're good at wide receivers, says Thaddeus, as long as E1 stays healthy. Who's E1? Uh, watch, bro. We're deeper than before. Um, oh, everyone <laughs> just old. And I read that like an old person would what <laughs> it's like trying to explain LOL to my parents for the first time. Uh, I just, I just read that like I was 110 years old. Forgive me, Thaddeus. I just, that's that, that hurt me. That hurt me very badly. How old that just made me feel anyway. Uh, where, so offensive line probably is the place that you kind of, that you kind of, you know, it, it pops your radar up. Because Raidens isn't ready, 
That much we know. Petit Frere isn't ready. How much closer he can get in the next three weeks, we'll see. Can you find a better option that can come in, plays in a similar system, just needs to adapt to the language, but at least can execute more of what you're asking him to do in certain situations at the right tackle spot? I don't know that there is an answer to that question, but that's the kind of stuff that I think they should be keeping an eye on. Um, it's for the Titans. I think a uh, a circumstance where Isaiah Wynn is somebody who apparently the Patriots are interested in trading, but he played at left tackle, and if he's not good enough to play in a system where the quarterback gets rid of the ball so quickly anyway, why should the Titans be interested in him? Why would it not be more difficult for him to move from left to right in real time when I don't think he's played right tackle since he's been drafted by New England? I would have to go back and look specifically, but I don't think he's had or had to do that or, frankly, at at any point in his pro career displayed that ability. It's a It seems tempting, I think, because I think Isaiah Wynn was like a second-round or third-round draft pick if memory serves out of Georgia. I know that he was he it was a weak tackle class, but he was one of the more well thought of players. I want to say in 2019, maybe 2018. I'd have to go back uh, a couple of years and look at the draft classes. But since he's been in New England, it's almost been exclusively at left. I do think though that offensive line is the position worth monitoring the most at this point. Um, but it's just there's not going to be a lot of better options right now. Mason says that uh, the Colts don't have a left tackle, and the national media calls them elite. They really don't have a left tackle. They uh, they have a they have a really really bad blindside situation for Matt Ryan this year. Which of course I like I like Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan could do real damage to you this year, but they can't protect him right now. I think you know they have a good interior offensive line, Kelly. The center, Quentin Nelson, who's of course the you know the second coming of, of uh, you know uh, Jesus in guard form at this point, but um, they don't have a blindside, a, a competent blindside protector for a quarterback who can't move in Matt Ryan. I do believe that in the same way that right tackle is probably the Titans' most glaring issue, left tackle seems to be that for the Colts. Uh, Cody Holzer says, "Is there a reason we didn't bring Questenberry back?" Well, yeah, I think that. One, he wasn't very good. Two, you hoped that Dylan Radens would win the job. And three, you also drafted Nick Petit Frere. Um, like David Questenberry wasn't a good right tackle. That's like, you know, I mean, like Dennis Kelly, they cut him when they did because they had to. Money with the reduced COVID cap made it difficult to keep him. Um, you know, obviously the Isaiah Wilson situation went up in flames. What about Eric Flowers, says Nate Torres? I listen, uh, what, what about him? Nobody else is giving him a job either. Don't you want to know why? Like, there's got to be something there with Eric Flowers that teams are looking at and be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, it's, it makes, it makes very, I don't know. I don't have any, any information on Eric Flowers. I haven't, I don't know him. I haven't talked to his representation. I'm just looking at the situation and seeing like, well, his name keeps coming up and he stays out there. Like he stays not getting jobs just as Will Fuller is still out there. And that's a name that you guys like to bring up. And he stays not getting jobs at this point in this NFL offseason. Alex Mann says Kelly was cheap. Yes, he certainly was. But 
Uh, not when you take, I think it was damn near $17 million. When you have a $17 million haircut and the rest of the contracts go up, then yeah, you're going to look to save where you can. And they thought that they could save with Kelly, uh, getting rid of Kelly. And they thought that they could save by not paying a tight end that was better than Jeff Swain. And look how that worked for them. It wasn't a very good situation and it really, really hurt their cause. But I think that offensive line is probably the biggest position that you're kind of keeping an eye on as these roster cuts start to come down. And maybe a maybe a situation will present itself. But um, I don't think there's a lot out there at this point. All right, let's wrap things up with a gone viral video because this from, uh, I think, is this from, is this from the Pivot read? Is that where this clip comes from? Okay, the Pivot, the podcast, the Pivot, they have a, it's Brandon Marshall, it's Ryan Clark. Um, I don't know who the third co-host is, but they have interviews with athletes and, and many of them are really, really good. Now they're talking about Hunter Renfro in this situation and Reed put on our show rundown the question tonight, basically, which player on the Titans looks like, looks the least like a pro athlete, which Titans player looks the least like a pro athlete, because that is the allegation that Ryan Clark is throwing at Hunter Renfro. Hold on one second. (laughs) Did you just start a conversation? with Tyreek Hill and go to Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it's different. Hunter Renfro, the psychopedia salesman. Yeah, no, there ain't no psychopedia salesman. <laughs> Hunter really liked that. Turn the film on, you watch film, don't you? I know, but I'm just trying to be devil's advocate because I just, because nah, my he, man he, got nah, receive. Nah, nah, he underrated, nah, he got some credit, man. No, he, he really is, he, though. He good, man. Right. Yeah, like he got, he got his deal this year and I just, and like I would actually talk about it all the time. On TV, I did a breakdown of him. I was like, y'all got to stop going out there looking at it. No. Y'all got to stop looking at his headshot, looking at his body, and get out there you and cover him. You better guard him. Yeah, you heard it here first, people. Hunter Renfro. Fantasy football lovers, you got your sleeper. Hold up. Let me so that's from the pivot. I apologize. So it was, it. I Am Athlete is still Brandon Marshall's podcast. The rest of the cast, minus Ryan Clark, used to be on I Am Athlete. Now they have done their own thing and they do the pivot. Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder. Thank you uh, guys for correcting me that way. Brandon Marshall used to be a part of that group, but now he does I Am Athlete with uh, a different collection of co-hosts. So who on the Titans roster least looks like he uh, plays football or is a professional athlete at all? Uh, Steven, 1986, says Taylor Lewan looks like a farmer or he sells insurance. Um... Do you know many farmers that are six, seven, and three hundred and ten pounds? Because I don't. I don't know. You know, there's there's not even that much livestock that comes in the same size that Taylor Lewan does, much less a farmer. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm sure at some point Lewan has put on uh, overalls, and I could see he just he looks like a he looks like Bigfoot basically. Uh, so I don't know that Lewan Lewan is uh, is a close one just based on size alone. Uh, Ben Jones says Billy Jones. Yeah, Ben, you could probably get Ben. Ben could also be an auto mechanic. I think Ben could be, uh, Ben could be a farmer. I think Ben is a good farmer candidate. I think that if you put Ben in a, in a trucker hat and overalls, you could see Ben on a tractor. I think that is very fitting. And I think he does something with livestock anyway, based on what I see on his Instagram. Um, Logan Woodside says Mark Jones. I think there's plenty of backup quarterbacks that look like Logan Woodside. Thaddeus says, "Fat Randy, uh, if if you, <laughs> uh, you're you are correct. He does not look like a professional athlete, but uh, sneaky. 
uh, sneaky in the way that he, uh, well, I guess all kickers look like that for the most part. Uh, Justin Turner says, Randy looks like a high school principal. Um, the one that comes to mind for me, and it reminds me of, I used to say that uh, when he signed here, that Adam Humphreys looked like a substitute math teacher. And he does. If you look up Adam Humphreys, he very much looks like a substitute math teacher. And you will be shocked uh, by how much he looks like a substitute math teacher. But I also get those same vibes from the new Adam Humphreys, Cal Phillips. Looks like you keep getting more work with the ones a little bit, working in 11 on 11s. What has that been like, just kind of getting to go up against the best and play with the best and develop that chemistry with Ryan? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been real good. You know, going against the best DBs, you really get to test yourself and, you know, push yourself farther and farther every day. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's been good just trying to build some chemistry with Ryan. Do you think that speaks to kind of how you've come along and how you've shown yourself that you're earning those opportunities within the offense? Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, uh, winning against the ones, you know, is building more trust and, you know, giving me a few more opportunities. Uh, Brett Kern looks like an accountant, says Kevin Jones. Kyle Phillips, though, I think looks uh, looks not like a professional football player. In fact, I think, and I need to ask Kyle about this at uh, at practice tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Malik Willis is on the radio show tomorrow. Um, Malik's going to sit down with us after practice, and that'll be really, really good. I think you'll enjoy that. Um, so that will we'll have that interview at eleven, probably like eleven twenty. Uh, for those of you guys who listen to the radio show live, and it'll also be streamed on the radio station's YouTube channel, 104.5 The Zone. So go check it out. Uh, <laughs> producer Reed says, dare I say Kyle Phillips looks like a professor. Um, no, because a professor a professor gives off you know, age and wisdom, and Kyle Phillips is clearly very young. He looks like he's new to teaching. He looks like a substitute teacher. Um, so that would be my nominee. But yes, practice tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna so joint joint work with the Cardinals. I'm doing my radio show out there tomorrow. Malik Willis will be our guest, uh, and that will be fun. Uh, by the way, if you have any questions that you want me to ask Malik, football or otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna talk football with him, obviously. But we want to have some fun with him too. If you have any uh, questions that you think would be fun for us to ask Malik Willis, DM them to me on Instagram. And we will uh, we will be certain to try and work one of those in. And if we use one of your questions, we'll be sure to give you credit on the air. Um, that will be a good time. I think Malik is the only guest that we have on. But obviously, we'll be talking about what they look like against the Cardinals. There'll be a lot of things going on. Um, but I know that you're going to enjoy that interview. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight on Primetime. Radio show at 10. Install, a new episode of the install. We're going to look at Malik Willis in detail. We're going to talk about uh, Roger McCreary and Caleb Farley. And we're going to look at Kenny Pickett because I think that's the next Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback with Greg Cosell of NFL Films. So if you're not subscribed to that podcast or the radio show's podcast, make sure you do that and you will be sure or you will be glad that you did because you'll learn a lot more about your favorite football players. Uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the radio, and if not on the radio, tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Primetime. See y'all.